This morning, <clears throat> what we will be doing today is a compilation of the last two men's meetings. Starting in the Gospel of John, chapter 10. John 10.10 10. The thief has not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus talked about him coming to give us an abundant life. And the question is, is that what we're, our experience is? Jesus said, if man, any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of, sli- of living water. And so this is about what we're experiencing. Are we experiencing abundant life? Do we, are we experiencing a river? Not a creek, not a stream, not a drip, not a trickle, but a river. Because that's what Jesus said. If we come to Him, there's going to be experience. And He likened the experience to a river flowing through us. And He talked about life in Him as an abundant life. As we look at the state of Christendom, and we're not pointing fingers anywhere, but the one thing that we notice is that there's a lot of conflicting things being taught, conflicting experiences, conflicting um, visions, and so forth. And yet we're, those who are in Christ, it says those who are in Christ, Those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we begin to ask ourselves, well, if we're all being led by the Spirit, is the Spirit leading us to conflict one another and to teach conflicting things? And yet Paul said, speak the same things and teach the same things. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion. So we have to conclude that not all of Christendom is being led by the Spirit. Now we're not out here to fix Christendom, but to examine ourselves. My being led by the Spirit. So this morning, <clears throat> we begin in Mark chapter 1. Now I'm going to refer to a lot of things here, so you can follow along or if you'd like, but just bear with me as I, as I go through a a flurry of scriptures here. Mark chapter 1. I believe it's verse 8. The words of John the Baptist. He says... I indeed baptize you with water, but he, referring to Jesus, he was preparing everyone for, he says, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately... Coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting, and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And then a voice came from heaven, saying, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness forty days, 
tempted by the Spirit. And then the angels came to minister and says, Yes. Is that what I said? Uh, tempted, I'm sorry, tempted by Satan. <laughs> sorry. And was and was with the wild beast and the and the angels ministered to him. What we notice here is that in this short passage that Jesus, it says, was baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him. And John said that he would baptize he was baptizing with water, but Jesus was going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And in both John talking about his baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he uses the same word in the Greek. And it means to immerse or to plunge into. And so we ask ourselves the question, have I been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And this is kind of an observation, probing kind of questioning kind of a discussion here today. And something where we should question ourselves about these things with an open mind. Because as John said, he would baptize, that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit. He would immerse people in the Holy Spirit. And right after, we notice that right after this, that Jesus was tempted. And he passed the test because he was prepared. The Holy Spirit prepared him for what was coming ahead and drove him and led him in everything he would do after that. So from there, we're going to go to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. The next book after Mark is Luke. Luke, chapter 1. Luke 1.15 This is when the angel announces to Zechariah that John, his son, he would have a, his wife would have a son, it would be John the Baptist. And it says in verse 15, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn away, turn, turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He would be filled with the Holy Spirit even while he was, before he was even born. So the question is, is being filled with the Holy Spirit the same as being baptized in the Holy Spirit? That's something we want to probe because we're seeing these different terms. And so if you look again in the Greek where it talks about this word filled, it says to be influenced or under the influence or to be on to be supplied under the influence of the holy spirit you see the holy spirit it says came upon david in the old testament and several of the other old testament prophets but it was not a widespread thing. It was only under certain people. Some of them, like Elijah and Moses, did great miracles as well as predicting the future, prophesying. But one, one of the things that was observed about John, it says, lo, he says, John did no miracle, but everything he said about this man referring to Jesus has happened. It's true. So being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean... Like in Pentecostalism, they teach that you have to have these miraculous gifts. John did no miracle, but he was filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And we see that demonstrated 
later on, but <clears throat> as we go to verse 41, now this is after Mary was carrying Jesus. Verse 30, uh, 39, we'll go back to verse 39, it says, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste, to a city of Judah, entered the house of Zechariah, and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me? that the mother of my Lord should come to me. For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. A baby in the womb is discerning when she hears, when he hears the voice of Mary, the mother of Jesus. The sermon already in a unborn child. This is amazing, isn't it? And also it says that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So we hear here that people at certain times, even before Jesus was glorified after His resurrection and His ascension and Pentecost, that people were filled with the Holy Spirit. That certain ones were filled with the Holy Spirit. It says that the Holy Spirit was upon David to the day of his de- for the rest of his life. The Holy Spirit remained upon David. In verse sixty-seven, it says that Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Also, we want to go to it, but Luke 2, it says that Simon, an elderly man, Simon, who said, who's the one who, it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied concerning Jesus. So from here we go to Luke chapter 24. Skipping around a little. Luke 24. After Jesus' resurrection, Luke 24, He showed Himself to the disciples in verse 45. Luke 24:45 and he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send you, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So now, they are believers. Jesus ascended to heaven, but now they must wait in Jerusalem for the promise of the Father and that they would receive power from on high, from God, from heaven. And so from there we go to the, the book of Acts, chapter 1. A hundred and twenty are gathered together in the upper room, the same upper room where Jesus had the Last Supper, the same room where on, the, on, the, on resurrection night He appeared, and we just read what He said there in the upper room. And now, ten days after Jesus' ascension, it says, 
In verse 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And so they were there in prayer. It says in verse 15, there was about 120 of them. So from there we go to Acts chapter 1. And the Holy Spirit comes upon them the day of Pentecost, in verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Chapter 2. Oh, there again. Thanks, Dave. Chapter 2, I'm sorry. Chapter 2, in verse 4, it says, And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit, it says, comes upon them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is the promise, it says, of the Father. If we go back in chapter 1, in verse 8, Jesus repeats here what he repeats, what he said in the end of the Gospel of Luke, which you read. It says in chapter 1 of Acts, in verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judah, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What we see here is a progression. First, you must receive power, and then you will be my witnesses. You must, And it says, <coughs> they received power, it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what John the Baptist was talking about. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Being filled. with the, Being immersed. Being plunged. Being influenced by being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. They were all believers and then all this stuff happened. So I say, well, does that mean when people are baptized with the Holy Spirit, they speak in tongues? But we see this this experience that happens here. But in Acts chapter I mean in Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter one and verse twelve, he asked the questions, do all have the the gift of miracles. Do all prophesy? Do all speak in tongues? And the answer obviously is no. If you read that whole chapter in there, it's obviously that passage makes it clear that not all people have all those gifts. But what we do know is that the Holy Spirit is supposed to come on us and we're supposed to receive power. Many people in Christendom are trying to understand and teach and do the ministry of, of Jesus without receiving power from on high, without receive, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. So how, how could that possibly be? But if we read what Jesus said and what John the Baptist said, that he would baptize with the Holy Spirit. And you begin to see that Peter's a different man after he received power. He has boldness to preach and to teach and to testify as we read here. In two Acts 2.36 Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified both Lord and Christ. There's a big crowd in Jerusalem. Peter's preaching to him. He says, you guys are the ones who crucified the Lord, the Messiah. Such boldness, such power, such authority he speaks with. They noticed that about Jesus. The soldiers were sent by the priest to arrest Jesus, and they came back without arresting him. He said, why didn't you arrest him? He said, we never heard anybody speak like this. It says that Jesus spoke with authority and not like the scribes and the Pharisees. There was something, uh, an element of Jesus' life that was different, that was supernatural, that the intellectual religious leaders of his day didn't have. There was something different about Jesus and about the disciples. And it says when Jesus... After, his, after he sent the Holy Spirit, and these people were filled with the Holy Spirit, it says about 
the Sanhedrin, the court that arrested Peter and John, they noticed the boldness with which Peter and John spoke and the other disciples. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. And you notice how Jesus, <clears throat> I mean how Peter and John, they, they were testifying to the court that condemned Jesus to death. And Peter was not denying Jesus anymore. There was power and authority with him. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 4, after they got were released from the Sanhedrin, in verse 27, they got together and prayed when they came together in the upper room. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were gathered together, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and may signs and wonders may be done through the name of your, through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And now the multitude of those who believed were one heart and soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed were his own, but they had all things in common. And they all filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, why is the book of Acts saying that? It already happened on the day of Pentecost. So here it is. It says, after they prayed that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It happens to them again. The Bible tells us draw close to God in the book of James and He will draw close to us. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit again and they spoke the Word with great boldness. And not only that, but there was a change among them. They were of one heart and one soul. That is what's meant that the local body of believers, the coming together of believers is not to be a filling station like a gas station where you come and you hear somebody preach and feel better, encouraged, and you go away. We see here that the, it was a brotherhood. It was a society. A holy brotherhood. And you see, and you hear about as you read the New Testament, the love that they have for one another in Christ. And of being of one heart and one soul. So how does something like that happen? It's a work of the Holy Spirit. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. But how does that, how does that work of the Holy Spirit happen? It happens as we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Because it is a spirit of love and power and of self-control. And you begin to see love and power and self-control as we draw close to God and become under the influence of the Holy Spirit. We've looked before in Ephesians chapter 1. It talks about, Paul writes to the, the, the church at Ephesus. And he talks about after they believed that they were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. They were believers. They were in Christ. And they were sealed with the Holy Spirit. But then he gives them a directive in Ephesians chapter 5. He says, Know what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine or be under the influence with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a message to the church of Christ. For each individual believer, a constant command, a present constant command, or what they call present continuous, it's in the tense of present continuous, be filled, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, why would Paul say that to some people who are already sealed with the Holy Spirit? That's all there is, isn't there? 
we see that there's more. There's this continuous flow. Jesus was asked by His disciples, I mentioned this morning, you know, teach us to pray. And so, He teaches them the Our Father as I touched you on this morning. But then He goes on to say, as He's teaching them to pray, Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. That's also in the present continuous um, form. And then after that he says, if any fathers among you have a son who asks them for a piece of bread, are you going to give him a stone? And he says, if you ask for a fish, are you going to give him a snake? A serpent? He said, you know how to give good gifts to your children. He says, how much more for your Father in Heaven? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. And why is there this need to ask for the Holy Spirit? I mean, isn't, don't you just get everything when you believe in Jesus? And it's all there in one package, and that's the beginning and end of it. And we ask ourselves the question, are we experiencing the abundant life, the river of living water that Jesus talked about. I'm not talking about Pentecostalism. We're reading the New Testament here, and we are exploring and questioning ourselves and questioning and, and exploring what Jesus and the apostles are teaching us here. Many in Christianity teach, well, the Holy Spirit just came upon prophets of the Old Testament. But is that true? First Peter, where we were in earlier this morning, chapter one and verse ten, right before what we read for the communion meditation. First Peter one ten says this of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, who was in them, was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the, glo- and the glories that would follow. The Holy Spirit was in them. The Spirit of Christ was in them. So, well, so what's different between the Old and the New Testament? We see in the Old Testament it came on certain people who for a certain ministry, a prophet, prophetic ministry. But in the New Testament, Jesus says, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And from his innermost spirit, his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So as we go back to Acts 2, where I was referring to earlier, verse 37, Peter addressing the group in Jerusalem, this crowd in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, he tells them they crucified the Messiah. In verse 37, now when they heard this, they were cut to heart, and to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you, to your children, and to all are far off, as many as the Lord our God would call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Who is the gift of the Holy Spirit open to? Those to you, your children, to those who are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Those who are in Christ is the gift of the Holy Spirit offered to.
So I'm going to go quickly now. In Acts 7, it says, Acts chapter 6 is where we'll go to. In verse 3, it says, They're looking for people to wait on tables for the widows. In verse 3, it says, Therefore, brothers, seek out among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will continually give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. He mentions the other man's name. Why would they choose seven men, it says, of good reputation, full of Holy Spirit and wisdom, just to wait on table? Couldn't anybody do that? I mean, that's a menial task, isn't it? Just choose for yourself, for the ministry, seven men full of wisdom, full of the Holy Spirit. So, if people are full of the Holy Spirit, in order for them to choose them, they have to, there has to be some recognition in the way they're living in their life, right? So they choose seven. And it says in verse 8, And Stephen, full of faith and power, the great wonders and signs among the people, as they were waiting on tables. Stephen it says was arrested and says they couldn't resist the spirit and the power by which Stephen spoke as they disputed with him and they said when he was taken before the Sanhedrin and arrested taken before the court it says they looked on his face as though it was the face of an angel and when he was being stoned it says in verse 55 of chapter 7, it says, But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand, and said, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand. So when they stoned him, and he says in verse 59, They stoned Stephen as he was calling on the Lord and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge him with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. A spirit of love. You see that he had no animosity. He was being hit by stones and rocks. He had no hatred for his enemies. He had love for his enemies. Jesus taught us to love our enemies. So we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. loving our enemies. We're doing good to those who do evil to us. We're blessing those who curse us. You see Stephen says was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see what he did. There's a connection with being filled with the Holy Spirit and the effect that it has on our life. We're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Just like when somebody is under the influence of alcohol. You see the influence of it. I mean it's there. That person's staggering. They're slurring their words. They're acting goofy. They're doing foolish things. Embarrassed things that Later on, they're going to be embarrassed when they hear they did. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It has an effect. A testimony. In the Lord. So, in, the, in chapter 8 of the book of Acts, After the persecution of Stephen, concerning of Saul, after Stephen's stoning, says in verse four, therefore those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Jesus said, if they persecute you in one city, go to another. They did exactly what they were told by Jesus. They weren't in fear. They went preaching everywhere. Verse five. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. And pre- preach Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Verse 12. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. 
Verse 14. And now when the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them, that had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Through the laying on of the apostles' hands, they received the Holy Spirit. They believed the Gospel. They were baptized with water, but the Holy Spirit had not come upon them. Okay, well, that's interesting. So we go to Acts chapter 19. Verse 1, And it came to pass, and it happened, while Paulus was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, finding some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And why would Paul even ask them such a question? Because as it was happening, that not everyone who believed was, had been baptized with the Holy Spirit. We begin to see a pattern here. And so they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. But they believed in Jesus. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? And so they said, Into the baptism of John. And then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that should believe on him would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. We're not going to take the time to go into it, but you go into chapter 10 of the book of Acts, and it says kind of the opposite of what happens here that when Peter goes to preach to the Gentiles, the Roman centurion Cornelius, and the other Gentiles were gathered with him, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he goes there and preaches. And while he's preaching to them, the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and they begin, the Gentiles, before they're even baptized in water, and they're, and they're, they're prophesying, <coughs> and speaking with other tongues. So, well, what's happening here? What's happening here is God is going... The Holy Spirit is going according to His will, and not to an exact formula as we would like. We see people believing, but not being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we see people believing, and before they're even baptized with water, the Holy Spirit falls upon them. So we see different things happen. Colossians chapter 1, Paul writes to the church at Colossians, and he says in verse 3 that we, he prayed that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Filled with the knowledge of his will. What is the will of God? His will is for us to receive a spirit of power and of love and of self-control. So I I already have that. Well, is that an ongoing experience? Or with many, can it be something that was a past experience that we're not experiencing anymore? Keith Green sang the song, My eyes are dry, my faith is old, my heart is hard, my prayers are cold. He says, What shall be done with an old heart like mine? And he talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit in that song. 
Yes, as we draw close to the Lord, there's more. There's an abundant life for the Christians to, for Christians to experience. We may have experienced it in the past, but it seems to have gotten old and we're in a desert right now. As Paul spoke to the church at Ephesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit, be under the influence. Be filled again and again and again. As we draw close to God, God draws close to us. We need revival in our life. And I'll finish with a story that I remember seeing in a movie about a man by the name of D.L. Moody, famous, became a famous man. But he was a, when he was a young and unsuccessful evangelist, and he went from place to place, and he was preaching as an evangelist, and he was, he was very discouraged. His preaching was gaining no fruit. Nothing was happening. You know, and he was very frustrated with what was going on in his ministry. And one day after he was done preaching, a brother, an older brother came up to him and said, you know, they started talking and he says, you know, he says, he put his arm around, he says, what you need to do is seek to be filled, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I'm already a believer in everything. He says, yeah, I know. He says, just think about him saying, pray to the Lord about Him filling you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you fathers, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to His children who ask for it? Be filled with the Spirit. And so he did that. As the, as the story of D.L. Moody goes on. And he did that. And he starts seeking the Lord for him to fill him with the Holy Spirit. And so, he just began to describe his experience, but then he says he went out and preached. He, he, he had this experience where he began to feel this something going on with him and everything, that he had had this spiritual experience. And so then he went out and began to preach. And people who had heard him preach before came up to him and said, we've never heard you preach like this before. And then the ministry was opened up and he became, it became a, a revival began to happen in the late 1800s. God used the man D.L. Moody for a great revival in the late 1800s. And he was traveled not only throughout the United States, but throughout the world. We know about the, the Moody Bible Institute out in Chicago and all that other stuff. Became The name of Moody became very famous. But the change happened when he began to seek the Lord about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And not just D.L. Moody, but others in history. I don't have the time to go through their names. But whatever you believe and whatever your doctrine is, know this one thing Jesus says, through, the Holy Spirit said through Paul, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit. And God will work through you. And your light will shine in a way that it didn't shine before. When we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Those of us who have experienced that know what it's talking about. It's not, it's not Pentecostalism. It's the New Testament. We read it together. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Dave, we did this study together in the past couple of weeks. Uh, what do you want to share on that? Yeah, um... Dude, there's so many things that are revealed in this study that are so important for us to latch on to and to um, take seriously because 
I was sharing in the meeting that I've, I think I've mentioned a number of times to you, I've been reading a book and I've read it before and I just picked it up again um, called They Found the Secret and it's a compilation of maybe 15 or so people in, his, in recent history, like from the 16, 17, 1800s into current day that um, all experience this frustration in their lives after being born again and receiving the seal of the Holy Spirit and yet never really finding real victory never really feeling and experiencing power in their lives and it drove them to great despair and each of them you know the, the common thread through all of their you know testimonies was that they finally came to a place of this utter desperation for God. And they, and they were aware that God was asking them for more than what they had given. He was asking for their all. And they surrendered in that moment. And in, that, in, the, and in subsequent days and weeks and months, they were endued and, and filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of them had it in different ways. Some of them had a warming that came over them. Some of them, you know, had experiences that were not all exactly the same. But power entered their ministries, and they began to see souls being saved, and they hadn't before. You know, from Hudson Taylor, who was a missionary, to D.L. Moody, to um, John Bunyan, who wrote uh, Pilgrim's Progress. They all had these similar experiences that ended up with them finally taking it seriously that though they had been born again, there, there, was, a, there was a greater promise that they had not obtained. And so they sought after it. And, you know, just point out that what Ron was sharing, you know, there was a couple of really big tells for me uh, in that Jesus himself, you know, came and was baptized by John, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him, and immediately he was then brought into the desert and tempted by Satan, and that was the kickoff of his ministry, of his three-year ministry that ended in his death and resurrection, but there was power that was given even to him as a as God as man in that process and then the same thing happened with the apostles and the, the disciples of Christ where they were ordered to go and to wait for power to come down from on high in the, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they like Jesus going into the desert and, and, and having that you know experience of seeking the Father and being tempted and everything. The, the, the apostles, and they all met in this upper room, they were there, Ron had mentioned, for 10, I think 10 days before the Holy Spirit fell on them. And it said that they were joined together in prayer and calling out to God to receive this promise. So it's an active hunger that we need to have to be able to go and do battle like Jesus did in the desert, like they did in that prayer room, you know, and, and others since. You know, all these ones I just mentioned in this book, they had this time of desperation and pleading with God and fasting and crying out to God and finally this great surrender. And and they all received this power that, that God promises to each one of us. So... You know, for me, this has been such a great, it's, you know, this isn't talked about a lot unless, like Ron said, if it's in Pentecostalism and it's some hyper form of it and, you know, everybody will get the gifts and everybody will this and that. It's not tempered by the truth oftentimes. And so, so we as believers who are trying to be faithful and true to the Word of God just end up moving it to the side and putting it on a shelf and not, not pursuing the parts that are true, the parts that are promises and that are that are that are you know required of, of each one of us if we're going to see you know the power of God in our lives. So 
really a great lesson, and you know, um, if, if anybody can, you know, uh, it's on tape here as well, and you know, you can ask Josiah, he can tell you how to get it, but it might be worth your while just to go through all these verses and really look at them intently in, through prayer and, and even fasting and ask the Lord to, to really work these, these things into your, you know, into your being because there's, with, with where we are in this world right now, God is wanting to prepare us. You know, he prepared Jesus for his ministry. He prepared, he prepared the apostles for their ministry through this falling of the Holy Spirit and this filling you know, and like Ron said, it happens not just one time. When you read through the scriptures in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit fell on these people. Peter, Peter was born again. He received the, you know, at Pentecost, he received the, the filling of the Holy Spirit. A few chapters later, he's talking to um, the, uh, Sanhedrin. The, the Sanhedrin, and it says, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, again. So it shows us that... Because of our humanity, our carnality, or you know, we're we're you know physical creatures, and we're we're we have the, the the war going on in the flesh. There has to be this ebbing and flowing that happens, where sometimes we're depleted a bit, and we need to be filled again. And that is again by going back to God and you know and and asking, because He said, "Ask and He'll give." I think of. Uh... There's a great fear in Christendom about strange things that go on in Christendom, and it kind of scares people. And as Dave was saying, it kind of you don't want to deal with things because people do weird things, you know. And on, on TV evangelists and and certain kinds of churches, they do a lot of weird things. And we're not talking about weird things; we're talking about the New Testament and what it means to be filled with the Spirit and to explore it and to have an open mind about what we have experienced and what we see here. People being filled with the Spirit before they're baptized in water. People. Uh, not, you know, believing and, and, and being baptized and yet not having this Holy Spirit uh, come upon them, being, they weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. And, but what does it mean to us? And also, this continual idea, just a couple of thoughts we're throwing there, this continual idea of continuing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This, this open uh, line between us and the Lord where we're receiving power from on high. You know, what we see in the apostles, in Jesus and the apostles, and their lives and that thing, uh, that's, that was meant to continue. And I'm not talking about the, necessarily these, you know, the, the, the dramatic miracles, although that some people may have that gift and it's part of today. But, what, but it's much bigger than that. Like I said, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they said, Lord, John has done no miracle, but everything he prophesied about this man is true. So, being filled with the Holy Spirit is multidimensional. Uh, a couple of thoughts there.